Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Whether you're looking to get on your very first store shelf or you're looking to grow your national or even international food brand, this podcast is going to teach you what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale a packaged food brand. Hear the food founder journeys of brands growing in their industry so you can fast track your food business success. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Today, I'm excited to be talking with the founder of Up to Good Energy, Lars Oltmans. Lars, welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Hi, Ansley, and thanks for having me. I look forward to having a fun chat here. Yeah, we had a conversation the other day a little bit about up to good energy, and I love what you guys are up to over there. So for everyone listening and watching, could you share with us what exactly is up to good energy? Yeah, up to good energy, as it says already, it's an energy drink. It's a sparkling energy that is based on the goodness of the upcycled coffee fruit, the cascara, and it delivers a sustainable clean boost. I call it, it's a good, clean pop. Um, That stands for then it has the good, has the positive mission to live a purpose with that brand also. It offers clean caffeine or a nice, clean caffeine uplift versus the often synthetic chemical cocktails that you find in mainstream energy drinks. And by adding the bubbles, you, you deliver a really nice, refreshing pop experience. So it's Fruit like a tea. It's not a tea because it's made of a fruit. Um, I only use organic or natural ingredients and certainly uh, live the mission of upcycling. How did you get into the whole upcycling movement, if you will, and decide to create a product based on that? Yeah, I mean, I love that you even use the term movement, right? Because not a whole lot of people are aware of that. Uh, studies even show that. But it, it is growing. It's fun. Well, I've been in this industry, in the food and beverage industry for over 20 years, sold many different products from from cream cakes to chocolate and other beverages. But I really wanted to create a brand and product um, that now reflects my passion, passion of sustainability, a healthier lifestyle. And I think that Up to Good exudes a fun, clean and energetic voice that really spreads a positive message to to do more good in the world, right? So I would like to contribute a little to a balanced lifestyle. And just a small little anecdote that has been a few years ago. I have a little son. His name is Life. Uh, So also very positive. And uh, he's seven. But a few years ago, we were on a plane to Germany and he was collecting those plastic mugs. And I asked him, like, Life, why are you doing that? And, and his reply was, we can take them home and repurpose and find new use for it. So, I mean, it shows me that even the small ones, they're growing up differently. And if you offer something and live that, I think you can, you can help um, the world to become a little better. I love that story. And, you know, also goes to show that inspiration comes from everywhere and that we are in the shift right now towards taking care of the planet and taking care of. Um, each other and you've decided to go down this route with a beverage product and what I love is that you've also done it in a way and you've got the brand in the background there for everyone watching um it is a 
it is a bright package. It, it is, is a bright. It's fun. Which you see it here? Yeah, there we go. So it is like kind of retro-y, but really fun, really uplifting. And it's it's great because so oftentimes sustainability can be, it's a serious conversation. And, you know, I would, may, maybe if you can dive into even like, you could have done sustainability in a whole lot of different ways, a whole lot of different um, avenues. Why a pop, if you will? Well, I think today's consumers... They ask for more than just um, a good taste and a low price and maybe organic ingredients, right? They want to find a purpose in a product and sustainability and upcycling certainly lives that. Um, so it, it people want to find a product that really reflects their lifestyle. And upcycling is something that maybe a few people know from upcycling old furniture and finding new purpose for that or maybe even packaging. What can you do out of out of an empty can, right? Make a little planter out of it. And so this is something that people understood uh, as upcycling, but you can also upcycle food products. And, and as I said earlier, not a whole lot of people know what it really is at this point in time. And, and it's, it's a lot of education. There's this wonderful association. It's called the Upcycled Food Association. And uh, I love their engagement. Um, they recently started and uh, blow my mind how quickly they grow and put uh, concepts and built a network of other upcycled uh, food uh, brands. And um, they also show that at this point in time, only about 10% of the people really understand what upcycling means. But if you explain it to them, 80% like the idea behind it and, and support it. So I always say upcycling is the new recycling. Before it even becomes waste, maybe use a discarded ingredient. And with, with coffee fruit, cascara, certainly it's perfectly done. It's typically discarded, right? The, the coffee industry, it's a beautiful product. And a lot of people don't even know what, what cascara is, the coffee fruit. So maybe I'll just explain that shortly. So the, the cascara or the coffee fruit is, is the husk, the fruit around the coffee bean. And the coffee industry typically certainly just shows an interest in the pit inside, which is the bean, and discards the coffee fruit. And I pick that for them waste ingredient up and make a new drink out of it. But actually before it even becomes waste, right? So I take that fruit and brew up this beautiful energy drink. It makes so much sense upcycling. Like there's this food that would have gone to waste. Like this would have just gone the cascara, like would just be, you know, compost really. And mm -hmm. instead you're able to take it, leverage it and use it to get into more people's hands it would just ends up being waste and and i personally love the idea and love that people are you know on board with it as it is growing it's a very positive mission that we're following and you earlier said what is that movement behind it right so it's i think it's currently still a fairly small community of of people who either believe in it or even work with it and other food brands and they're working fairly close together and i love that community feeling and and we're all striving to make it to a trend out of the movement to a trend and hopefully make that even mainstream at some point in time mm -hmm. yeah and i'm sure it will be for sure yeah absolutely so okay how, how what's this process been like for you so you recognized you wanted to go in and create an upcycle product 
um, you recognize that there's this huge opportunity with this cascara to create a better for you pop um, and energy drink. You've obviously had a ton of interesting lessons along the way. Um, talk to me about, about the process and some of the challenges that you've had to overcome in terms of bringing this to market. Well, I mean, lesson learned, right? I mean, every time you do something new, there are lessons. And the, the biggest lesson most likely that I had to learn with anything that I do, because I'm always getting, once I start something, I want to finish it and get to the target and, and work on it. And, but you, you always depend on your environment. Um, so to, to learn to accept delays, remain patient, still keep up your passion and just wait until things evolve and you find the right time. And for me, that certainly was the, the COVID situation, right? So, I mean, it's very exciting. We should, we should actually cheer on, on Up To Good today because I, just an hour ago, I launched the brand, which is super exciting. But I wanted to be in the market already almost, well, half a year ago in May, June. And I still remember that I was one of those people uh, sitting in, in the hotel in Anaheim. Short-term booking of the hotel room was amazingly pleased that I got a low rate. <laughs> and, and then a day or two before the, the, the Expo West was actually supposed to happen, um, they canceled it and due to COVID. And I was sitting there and saying like, oh my God, what's, what is happening now, right? Is it still the time to, to launch this brand now? And I decided to, to hold and wait and see what the market does. And I think it was the right decision. So I showed the patient to do that. It's, it's costly to wait. It's nerve-wracking to wait because you, you feel ready, um, but wait for the right time. And, and today was the right time. So I think the market has changed a little. Um, and I, I restructured my, my strategy, my go-to-market strategy, going from primarily um, brick-and-mortar with a little D2C, now heavily D2C with really just a small learning curve on the, on the brick-and-mortar distribution. Okay, well, first of all, congratulations on the launch today. That's oh, thank you. Incredible. I know so much goes into that. And, it does. you know, I think you, it was almost a blessing in disguise in some ways that you were forced to see the impact of the changing landscape so abruptly in your face um, where you're like, okay, I need to, I need to change things and I need to pivot things. And now I'm going to have a stronger focus on DTC. Talk to me about, about what yeah, I mean, that it's, it's like. exactly what you're saying. I mean, in some way, I was very lucky that I haven't been in the market. If I would have been just launched, and I mean, that could have been fatal, right? Um, because people just don't know my brand yet or would have known my, my brand. So, and, and then I had inventory sitting there and maybe paid for distribution and, and initiated marketing and further created the team around me to, to really go into the market. So it was, the, it was a good point for me because I was still able to hold and wait. But I'm always positive. That's good. And I honestly think uh, what you also just mentioned, I think out of this crisis, there will be something positive coming out. Even more so now than ever, I think people become aware that we're just one part of the environment and everything that we do has an impact. And I, I think that people... Um, there were there were many many critics. There are still maybe some also with with global warming and those types of things, but I think people now really realized in one example which how how much impact we have on the environment or the 
impact then also the environment has on our life. So we have to change. So, and I think over the time, um, people will change and it will play into my, my cards and um, exactly what my mission is about. Yeah, I think a lot of people are starting to realize that even more. And you're a great example of if you really want to change things, one of the best ways we can do it is to create a product around that to really make it easier for people to get introduced to the idea and see what it's like. And that is a small thing for them to do to be a part of something that is beneficial. And it's a massive thing for you to be able to do. And I think that creating a business around those values and those injustices we see in the world is mm-hmm. is a great way to actually make change. I fully agree. Okay, so you just launched. What has it looked like leading up to launch right now? Like, what are you guys doing now that you're in the market? What have you been doing uh, leading up to this point to get you feeling really great about going into the market? First of all, I'm awfully happy that we've made it to this point. It's a challenging road. It really is. I haven't done it my first time, but every time it's difficult and, and you different curveballs are thrown at you and, and you have to find a way to catch them. And I will have to remain doing that, right? So now that I launched, um, so the, the what we did is we created a wonderful partnership with a D2C uh, fulfillment uh, company. We offer one day or two day shipping. Um, you, can, you can buy it straight from our... Um, from our um, website, the product, grow that and um, do the right social media marketing, work with people who also believe in that mission and um, make us all together stronger. And certainly then also, my my target is you don't want to just stay D2C, also go into retail. I don't think that right now is a good time to do so. I think there is a challenge. I mean, one certainly from a capital standpoint, going into retail is always very expensive. And uh, re- the, the the retailers have not really, they, they adopted maybe to COVID or reacted to it, but especially on the marketing side, I haven't found or seen yet the right marketing tools that are really good for a newly launching brand. So I hold off on that a little. I, I just stick to the LA market uh, where we have our office, um, where I think also a huge um, consumer target group of ours is. Find a few retailers uh, that that live that sustainable food uh, as, as much as I do. And certainly that is the natural food uh, industry there, uh, retail industry. And and find a few good examples, learn from that. And don't we all hope that COVID uh, will be defeated in a, in a few months? And by that time, certainly I want to have the, the right traction, the, the right knowledge, the experience to then grow also my business in, in, into, into a larger geographic um, area. Lars, I love that you are doing the, um, the, the launch method of owning my area learning and expanding from there. A lot of times people launch and they're like, I want to be everywhere. You know, we're going to be national in the next six months. And that can be really dangerous in some ways. And I think there's a lot of learning to be had for owning your own backyard first. What made you decide to do launching in my own backyard? We're going to own LA. We're going to grow there and learn there. Because I'm sure you maybe considered looking broader. Um, but talk to me about your thought process to, to focus in your own backyard. It's interesting that you asked that because certainly my, my D2C shop now is nationwide available. 
So I can distribute everywhere. It's more mainly where do I where do I put my marketing money on the retail side? Yes, I'm, I'm very local. I want to create that vibe around the brand also, and 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 learn from it and extend it. And and certainly a large company with a lot of funds in the background, they have the ability to go into a larger geographic area. But I'm just even look uh, into or, or, or global com- uh, um, uh, brands, companies, how they launch brands. Well, they would not just maybe show or launch in, in Los Angeles. But a good example, actually, and that also shows that Cascara really is in the uplift, is that uh, Nestle also comes out with a sparkling Cascara beverage. They're not launching, luckily to me right now, in the US, but in Australia. So Australia is their test market, but a global uh, corporation always thinks, okay, we need to bring it global, but let's start here first and test and learn. And then they extend the same way for me, build the vibe around the brand, learn from it, um, and then go into other um, geographic areas, which you also can handle as maybe a one, two, three man show. Right? It's, uh, I don't have a full team around me. I have wonderful partners in my team, but it's still limited. Yeah. And with DTC, that's just it. It is going to be everywhere, which is fantastic. So people can go and get it. If people want to grab this right now, what's your website so people can go and grab one? It's uptogoodenergy.com. Awesome. I repeat it, uptogoodenergy.com. Awesome. Uptogoodenergy.com. You can go and grab it. Uh, you're distributing through all of America, correct? That is correct, yes. And we offer one or two-day shipping. That is so good. So you'll be able to get that online no matter where you are and in retail in that very localized area, which is fantastic. You've talked a lot about you know just the nature of your business and when you launch, when you're planning to launch, you've had to be really nimble and really flexible. Was that something that you have kind of always had in terms of running businesses? Because I know this isn't your first business. Um, or is that something that you had to learn to adapt to given the situation that we've been in in the last you know, 12 months in the world? It's a difficult question because certainly, as I earlier said, sometimes I'm a little impatient and I had to learn the flexibility also and stay patient uh, with it. But um, the, the, over the past 20 years, certainly I've learned a lot and, and still learn. And, and clearly also put the team around me, and not only who are actively working in the operations, also on the advisory side, that, that give me great advice and, and who I can talk to. And those could be uh, industry experts or on my investor side, who I really understand as my team, um, who, who tell me like, okay, let's talk about it, let's maybe wait, or give me ideas of, have you looked at that? Right. So it's I, I believe I have really good experience in this in this industry and um, not only even in the US. I, I started my career in Europe. You, you hear my accent, right? So I'm German. I can't hide it. Um, so also in Europe, I, I have my my um, my sales and food and food and beverage industry experience. Uh, but it's it's very important to stay flexible. The, the market is changing, consumers are changing, and you have to adapt to it in every single situation. But it's also the chance, certainly as a startup, as a small com- uh, company, to, to react quickly. Those large corporations, they can't do that, right? They, they build out a plan for three, four, five years and have to stick to that. I can take the decision, and, and that's, that's my chance, and I have to make use of that. That is one of the hugest competitive advantage that you know, smaller emerging brands have that you can see what's going on, make a decision and 
go. It takes a long time to change the direction of those big shifts sometimes. So definitely leverage it. Very true. For anyone who is listening right now who is thinking of going into a category that is new, uh, very new, and and they're wondering how on earth should I do this? Is this, am I a genius or am I crazy? Um, what advice do you have for people that are, you know, I, I would even say somewhat visionary in terms of the up and coming food and bev industry and questioning, gosh, should I do this? Is this going to be a long haul or not? Um, what advice would you have for those people? Um, stay humble, build a good team around you that you trust. The mistake maybe that I even did in the beginning with this project, you want to keep things secret. You don't want to release information, but with that certainly also maybe you don't invite in people who give you more knowledge and also let you build the network. So be wise about that, but certainly um, bring in a lot of experience and advice into this country uh, um, company. Um, so support team is very, very important. And, and certainly stay a little crazy. <laughs> and um, I think everyone who goes into or builds a, a new brand uh, is an entrepreneur, has to be a little crazy. They have very little safety. So the advice that I could just give is also maybe downsize your, your private life a little. And not only financially, it's more make it simple. Because when you start a new company, there are so many challenges that you haven't thought of early on. And, and you have to react to them and um, make your other life a little more, more easy. And, and luckily, I, I was able to do that and get a great support also from my family, so from my wife and son. Can you talk to us a little bit about like, how did you, how did you do that personally? Like, what type of conversations did you have to have at home? How have you guys shifted uh, your life to be able to bring, bring this to market and, and simplify things? Well, I started the entrepreneurial journey before um, up to God. So I had a different business um, where I sold my equity piece and then um, wanted to start something new and uh, certainly discussed it with my family and friends and, and thought and, and discussed it. Do you guys really think that is, that's where the market is going to? And, and quite honestly, a lot of people even said like, oh my God, you want to compete with a Red Bull and a monster? And, uh, and I said, yes, I do. <laughs> I really do. Because I, I the, the, there's so much potential in that arena. So energy drinks is m moving more into functional energy. So you, and, and those companies can't do that any longer. I think there's a loophole. Interestingly, so inform yourself, certainly also, and I inform myself about, about the energy drink section, which is um, interesting way, where I thought Red Bull and Monster are very male-dominated brands, very aggressive. And, and from there, from the look, 47% of the consumers are female. And I didn't see a brand that even fits that, either taste-wide or from the branding perspective. So I, I do see a huge chance in that arena, but then certainly added the benefit of the goodness of the cascara also around it. That is the, the additional benefit and purpose that the brand offers, the product offers, something that the large brands can't. Yeah, I love that because it is, there is some, we know that our brand represents us and people mm -hmm. walk around with a beverage uh, and it's a great representation of who they are much more so than you can't do that with some chickpea pasta like that's really behind yeah. the coverts in terms of who you are but you're walking with a beverage people know who you are 
And walking with your one of your beautiful cans says something much truer to a lot of people than like a big aggressive monster energy or rock star energy or something. Um, well, I mean, there are people who want to express also that. Totally. And, and fine. I just believe that there are also people who like to have my branding and my product because that's their lifestyle. I mean, those brands and all those brands do a great thing. I will try to do it within my niche. Uh, but you're absolutely right. I mean, beverages are perfect to um, the perfect food item to have people reflect their lifestyle. You, you, you really don't walk around with a, with a frozen pizza under your arm. But every car has a cup holder. Bikes have cup holders. And you, and you um, it's, an, it's an impulse purchase also at gas stations. You bring them out and you, you walk around with it. And some people might have a, a Foss bottle in their Gucci bag. And uh, here, up to good, will certainly also um, visualize to other people, hey, I'm a person who believes in the, in the goodness here. Yeah, it all comes back to that brand being a representation of who you are. And there's certain categories where it's just been really dominated by certain uh, certain lifestyle being mm-hmm. highlighted. I used to work in the energy drink market, um, used to work with Rockstar Energy Drinks here in Canada, managing our sales team and working really closely with Pepsi for the brand initiatives of Rockstar and you know, we would see the same thing in terms of so many females drinking it, but like they do it for function. And mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic to have new opportunities for brands or for consumers to have a brand that is like function and lifestyle. Um, and Correct. I think that this really does solve that need, which is great. I think people are going to be really excited for it. Thank you. I hope so too. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you already shopped? Have you I had- already shopped? Yeah. Did you go to my website, uptogood.com, oh. <laughs> and shop? I have not. I saw that you guys launched right before we hopped on, and I was like, oh, I got to get some. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> in Toronto right now, so I don't know if I can get any. Uh, you will get some. Just okay. after this podcast, just go out there and do some shopping. Cool. Awesome. Love it. Love it. That's fantastic. Um, Lars, any final notes that you have for anyone who is in the early stages of launching uh, a food or beverage brand that you want to close off and share with them? Well, as I said earlier, be patient, have good ideas, be a little crazy. Um, it's, it's a bumpy road, but it's a lot of fun. You can, you can really live out what you personally believe and that, that gives you a lot of power and joy also in life. Uh, you might have a lot of sleepless nights, but uh, you'll, you also experience tremendous joy that most likely you wouldn't find in a um, nine-to-five job. Um, and, and one of those days is today with the launch. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, I can imagine. And, and have a little impact. Find something yeah. where you have impact, whatever it is. Mm, absolutely. When it's built on impact, it makes things a lot different than when it's built on your values. And like, yeah. again, Congrats on the launch. Launch days are super exciting. I hope you guys um, have a great way of celebrating today and that lots of people are going checking out the site and grabbing uh, their up to good energy. Love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, Lars, thank you so much for joining uh, and for sharing your journey today on the Food Founders Podcast. I look forward to watching you continue to grow and see you shake up the energy drink market. Thank you and thanks for hearing me out. 